Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. I hope your world is doing well this morning. Lots of peoples around here are not doing so well. You know, I don't dwell on things because somebody else is going to report and give you statistics and information, and I don't have video to show you and this and that, but we all understand how devastating the tornado of last night was. So that's why we're going to talk about what happens next. And what happens next, of course, is that we put our boots on and get back to work. That's how we are. We do that here, and we do that here all the time. So with that note, I have a lot more to say as we go through the morning, but I'm having to hold on to my emotions today. So help me with that. Let's talk about gardening, and let's talk about LSU women's basketball. Oops! Yeah, that's right. They won. They're going to play tomorrow evening um, in sometime or another, play in Miami. Now, why is that great news? Well, it's just great news, that's all, and everybody needs a little happy news. So whatever's going on with your your brackets, everybody's all the number ones in the men's tournament are gone. So if you had any of those in your bracket, you're done. So, but those of us who just very quietly cheer on a few teams here and there um, can cheer on the women of LSU. That's it's a big deal. It's, it's a bit of a big deal. And I appreciate everybody who's sent me notes last night in the middle of everything else that was going on to tell me that it was happening. So I appreciate that. My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama because, well, everybody's garden needs a mama. And particularly on a day like today when the weather has changed everything again and rapidly, you may want to talk about some of those things. I hope so. The Super Talk call line, 888 And of course, the C Spire text line that I count on y'all to blow up every Saturday when I'm here in this chair, 601-879-4395. Now, there are, of course, rebroadcasts. There, There's a download at On Demand at supertalk.fm. There's also a podcast from me that you can put in your pocket. So, I did run into another person this week that said to me, are you still on the radio? <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> so I hope she's listening. Um, it, it's one of those things, you know, we get in our little individual bubbles. There's no Walter Cronkite anymore. There's no Huntley Brinkley report. There's no Ralph Snodsmith in terms of the garden world. There's no one voice. So that's why we have to pay attention and let other folks know frankly, where we're getting our advice and what we're doing with it, that's what weekend gardening is all about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The top question of today is, my plants had just begun to pop out of the ground and then they got frozen again. What's going to happen now? Um, this is a question from the Facebook, the Garden Mama Facebook group. This is a question in my email box. This is a question on your mind, and I'm, I'm not really a mind reader, that question's just on everybody's mind right now, particularly in Zone 8, 
because in Zone 7, y'all, you know, Memphis and, and, and my friends in, in Columbus and whatnot, y'all may have not even poked your noses up yet when it comes to things like hostas and daylilies and whatnot. But the others, particularly Zone 8, and that's where I am, it was a pretty good couple of nights of freezes. And so, yeah, things there, there are things that started up that aren't looking too great. Leave them alone. Most of these things are going to recover because we don't have a great deal more of, of cold, frozen weather that we can anticipate at this moment. One night in the 40s for the next week, for example, in Zone 8, it's not, not, not a big deal at all. But don't fool with them. Don't go out there and start poking on them. Don't try and cut them back. Don't do those things. Just let them, let them get through at least the next round of rain that we know is coming on Sunday, Monday in, in our part of the world, and then see what happens after that. I will tell you that the thing that will take down a perennial as quickly as cold is wet feet. So if you go out today and you see that your cone flowers are sitting in a puddle, for example, you, you certainly want to move the soil away or pull the mulch back or whatever is necessary to give them a little bit of breathing room and let them recover if they can. But there's a lot of things that don't look too hot. <laughs> there's, there's quite a few things that are looking great, however. My saddest one are the lorapetalums. I moved those things um, two years ago now. Last year they sort of sat there and grew a little bit, and this year they had gone into full tilt, beautiful bloom and put on brand new leaves. And now what were lovely, you know, deep red lorapetalum-type leaves are now kind of brown. Looks like somebody took a torch to them. <laughs> There's a lot of them. So I don't know. It's They're still green under there, but I don't know. When it gets to that point and you realize that you're not going to have any leaves left, you may want at another point, not today, but down the way, you may want to think about digging those up and putting them somewhere else so you don't have to look at them. But they're not dead, and if yours are like mine, they're not going to be dead, and I hope they're going to leaf back out. Uh, let's see, Bill and Lisa in Poplarville, for example, they, they cut away the dead stuff, the, the, the grapevines froze, the new growth froze. Do you think they might bud again this spring? Yes, I do. Uh, I think this is, I say that with absolutely no certainty, but I do believe that things are going to bud again just because we have been in such an odd pattern. And unless we go into immediate heat, if, if temperatures get above 80 and stay there, they probably wouldn't be able to do that. But, for example, the next couple of weeks look pretty good for that. So I think you might get some regrowth on quite a few things, actually. I, uh, this may or may not be a popular topic. But I, I'm really, I am very, very interested in my perennials. My Asiatic lilies are all up and growing and look like they're going to be beautiful. But I've also got some that had been put into containers that don't look so great. And I know they're not, they don't have wet feet. They, they didn't freeze particularly. They were back, you know, up in a protected area. So, but why would container plants not make it when the same plant in a raised bed would? Well, there are a couple of reasons. They do dry out quicker in a container most of the time. They might have gotten wetter, but I don't think that's the case in this, in this case. So it's a mystery for me. You have a suggestion? Let me know. You might have an idea for me. I do know a couple people that are looking to plant rapidly, maybe if not this weekend, then certainly in the next week or so. I am one of those. I've got a few things to put in into a, a flower bed. But, yeah, this is the point where I'll be putting the peppers into containers that I grow them in and 
Let's see what there, there. It's a little on the early side, so I do keep my cloches handy. Any night below 40, after I get them planted at the end of next week, I will cover them up just for a few hours, try and hold things a little bit more moderate. You probably want to do that as well. I am looking forward to tomatoes, but I'm not planting them yet. So there. If you want to get some, you can buy your favorite varieties. That's fine. But just keep them in a protected area, like under a light in your house, until it's really, till we're absolutely above the 45 degree at night point. Some people will be soon. Some people, it'll take a little bit longer. I have also a couple of ideas for my container plants. I'm, I'm, I have quite a few things that need to be repotted. So I have mixed up some better soil. I've got a few slightly larger pots, but I'm thinking I'm going to put most of those things in, into a sort of a collaboration of plants, pots and plants together, at least for a while, in an area that only gets a little bit of sun outside. Here's why. They've been indoors. They've been in small pots. They're not going into gigantic pots, but a few of them are going into containers, and, and some of them are tropical and some of them are not. So I'm going to give them just a little bit of protection after I get them potted up here in the next few days. But I think other than that, we're, we're looking pretty good. We can plant. We can go ahead and get systems in place, things like irrigation plans for uh, how you're going <laughs> to, frankly, eventually how you're going to mow your yard. But somebody said to me this week, what about my, my lawnmower? It's been sitting out there all winter. I said, well, now would probably be a real good time to go see if it still works. <laughs> so <laughs> this is the time when small engine repair becomes a thing. And people who don't know anybody that does that start searching. So if you're looking to take up a, a second or third um, avocation or vocation, perhaps you're a retired person, you know how to do this. You can hang out a shingle and be doing this today because there's plenty of people with string trimmers and lawnmowers and whatnot that always need help in the springtime. And frankly, there's just never enough folks to do that. There are a few other things in that regard. If you can replace shovel handles with any kind of efficiency, you, you know, you're, you, you've got a job waiting for you. There's people out there every day trying to figure out what to do because they, they can't buy the shovel again. The, the, the particular shovel they love, say, isn't made anymore or it's made differently, and they don't like that because we're pretty picky. But shovel handles don't last as long as shovel heads, so that's another thing that you might consider. I do honestly believe that th this is when the person who picked up your leaves and branches last fall and put them into a shredder grinder for you into a pile this is when they would come by your house and spread all that stuff back out wouldn't that be a great job i'd love to have it done for me <laughs> somebody could make some money anyway horticulture is a big field that's what i'm telling you now horticulture is also one of those things that's not ever going to quite get to this university of cambridge has been testing and believe you me the people that are doing it are very happy they have been testing the efficiency of the four-day work week horticulture doesn't work that way unless you have two entire shifts of people that work four days each and therefore you get eight days of week a week of work out of people you're, you're not going to do this in horticulture but research involving 61 different UK organizations found a 20 percent reduction in working time with no loss of pay Okay, led to significant drops in the stress of the workplace, significant drop in the taking of sick days, an increase in worker retention, 
and quite frankly, all the business metrics were met. In other words, the productivity did not suffer at all. I'm sure the light bill went down a little bit, you know, because they weren't there and turn, turning the lights on on whatever, Tuesday or Friday or whatever day they're taking off. You need to think about this. This is something that was a, a popular thought a long time ago. And since the pandemic, there's more and more people re-examining how and where and when you work, people work. And, and also, frankly, there's a whole lot of employers trying to figure out how you can get the work done in the most efficient way and retain the workforce, because it, that's hard to do, too. So they, they interviewed uh, four or five blokes that had been in this U.K. program, and they were uniformly happy. It, it, I don't know if that's going to make I don't know if that's going to do anything for the overall picture of employment, but if you need to cite this to your boss, you can get it from the University of Cambridge. Sixty five percent fewer use of sick days, fifty seven percent fall in the number of staff leaving for any reason at all compared to the previous year. So the company um, company revenue barely changed during the trial period and actually increased marginally by about 1.5% on the average across these different companies. That was the light bill. But, I mean, I don't know that. They didn't tell me that. I'm just telling you that. So, at any rate, I like that they took it across a really wide range of businesses, hospitality and marketing, but also IT and housing and even healthcare. They add consultancy, but I've always thought that if you were a consultancy you pretty much worked when you got a job so I don't know <laughs> maybe my idea of consultancy isn't the same as theirs in the UK that's possible <laughs> anyway oh my goodness what do you think four day week hmm I think Congress has got a bill on the floor in in uh, the US Congress with you know hoping to pass to get to 40 down to 32 hours a week for all non-exempt employees i think that bill was um, issued sometime in the last week or so and so mm -hmm. i think it'll be voted on i don't know if it'll pass the concerns right. about um change in salary are there though too. right yes there, that's there are not some issues. explicit mm -hmm. There's, that's not explicit and of course that's the thing um i have long said that we do what we do that that we love and if we're really lucky, we get paid for that. But you do have to get paid for something, you know, in this world. I have a, I have a theory that says in, in going forward in the modern way of things, probably need to figure out what you can put your feet under you with and not worry so much about the, the fast scrabble up the ladder. Just try and make sure that you don't, well, that you don't forsake any of your responsibilities to yourself, to your family, to your community, to your life. Uh, only in the name of what's going to happen next year. I worry because there's so many people that don't don't see today. They are they're looking for the next thing, and you miss a whole lot if you do that. Absolutely miss a whole lot. For example, have I I've told you about the peas that I've planted in my salad table? I got a note from somebody that said, "Well, what are you going to do with them? They're peas. They got to climb." Well, that's true, but these are only two foot tall, and the hoop over my salad table is just about two feet at the peak. So what I've done is to take, and yes, this was recycled string. My sister gives me string. We're, we're really obsessed with recycle, reuse, that whole business brought up that way. So these are pieces of string from something that she had. It's really good string. 
and I have taken them and tied them to the the metal frame of my the, the wire that goes across the salad table and then they fall down into the peas and the peas grab them and pull themselves up yes I had to put a couple of them weight a couple of them down but most of them just grab right away and it's the cutest thing in the world so if you've never done this if you've never um, expanded the ability of something to grow simply by using string you don't realize how tough these plants are now granted they're gonna climb up there and they're gonna get to the top and then they're gonna go across the wire I'm sure because there's wire there and they'll grab that when they get up, up tall enough but that's where the peas are going to be. And my hope is that then the peas will hang down from the wire and it'll be cute. It'll make a good picture right before I eat all of them. <laughs> so, Well, you know, there's beauty in all of this. We do eat with our eyes first. So <laughs> that's part of it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, look how lovely. That's really, really pretty. John's in Florence and has a white flowering dogwood that he did the smart thing to and put a nice wire cage not not up against the trunk of the tree but around the whole thing for this first year and he thought the freeze got it it didn't it's in bloom it looks beautiful how wonderful what a smart idea that's a good gardener now that wire is our friend we don't we don't necessarily have to stake we don't necessarily unless you're trying to put on a water bag you know for the tree that you have to hook it to something but the the wire circles can be our friend because then that can take off from here and go be somewhere else and be a tomato cage in six weeks. <laughs> it's a great thing. Oh, my goodness. We got to the 22 point really quickly this morning. I appreciate y'all being here. I know you got choices. I know you got stuff to do. I'm glad that weekend gardening is one of them. Thanks. Come back with me to more weekend gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. We have one voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. 
The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new Exmark zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why Exmark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. Besides sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an Exmark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Each week, I meet with three people who graduated from our addiction recovery program. These graduates are now gainfully employed and are taking online college courses. Three people who used to be in prison or on drugs, and now they're going to college. How cool is that? One of the reasons God put you on this earth is to make a difference in someone else's life. You can be a part of that at Gateway Rescue Mission. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. Then you're going to think the deals and selection we have at Mazda of Jackson are insane. Right now, we're saving you thousands of dollars in finance charges by giving you 0% financing on a great selection of Mazdas. That's right. Get 0% financing on new 2023 Mazda CX-9s. And get 0% financing on new 2023 Mazda CX-5s. Plus, when you buy a new Mazda from Mazda of Jackson, we'll take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. That's what I call a slam dunk. MazdaofJackson.com. Buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250000 mile warranty. We'll buy your current vehicle at top dollar, even if you don't buy a new one from us. At Monster of Jackson, credit issues are a thing of the past because our credit specialist's number one goal is to get you approved. So get here today to grab your deal because it's complete mayhem and it won't last long. Three, two, one. At Monster of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Monsterofjackson.com. With Procredit on Select Model, see deal for details. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. And tell somebody else to turn theirs on, too. Do you know that radio has beaten waxed out, completely overcome any other media for people that are 18 to 35. I feel like I'm in my childhood again. We have we have finally reached out. It's become radio has become that thing in the back room sort of in your mind, not not literal, it might be, but not literally, but but in the back of your mind with all this other stuff. You know what's most consistent? You know what gets people the most? You know what people listen to and pay attention to and come back to? That'd be radio. Hello, welcome to radio. Then thank you. I'm glad y'all all obviously know this. We can all tell six or seven other people today. It would be helpful. I love Corinne's question. Um, what what kind of peas did I plant? If I could remember the variety name, I would tell you. It's it's not. It was a trial variety that somebody sent me, and I honestly I'll I'll look it up and I will bring it back to you next week. I promise. 
Um, that, and, and is there still time to plant? If you can, if you've got a 60 day variety, you're right on the edge because here we are. We, we, we know that that's not going to make until out into May. And so that's, we just have to kind of hope that the weather doesn't heat up so quickly that they can't produce. But that's really where we are now. We're looking at what can make it in the, before hot weather gets here and that will also not take up space that we intend to put the hot weather things in when we plant them in May. So, uh, for example, I'm having, a, I'm having a lettuce failure. I think I got uh, four plants out of a packet or two of seeds that I put in there, but they were old, like everything else, you know, at my house. But the, the, the best part is that the peppermint stick chard has come up and is beautiful. Now, that's one that I like a lot. Um, I have to tell you that Swiss chard can be a little bit intense for me as far as something to eat. It gets... Um, it gets kind of beety, and I like beets okay, but beet greens are real intense. They need to be sautéed and, you know, have garlic thrown in them and a bunch of other things. But Swiss chard can be that way, too. They're very close relatives. However, the peppermint stick, one that I get from Renee's garden, is a beautiful seed that actually makes a lovely, lovely pinkish red. It's not bright red. It's pinkish red stalk and a similarly lighter colored leaf, just a, just a shade lighter. So that means it has a slightly lighter taste, slightly fresher taste, a little bit less earthy. Not entirely less earthy, but a little bit less earthy. Let's see. Um, I believe we answered this question uh, last week. But if it's time to bump those orchids up to a new container, sure, this is a great day to do that. Um, I did notice that my ground orchids that are in the flower bed, which probably shouldn't be there because they're actually a little bit tender, are doing fine. However, they are also in the shade of everything else, so they've been kind of tucked in <laughs> with other plants. Um, for example, Delta Snow Phlox is up and doing beautifully. Autumn Joy Sedum is up and doing beautifully. But these are all things in a fairly protected raised bed. So I don't have to deal with, for example, wet feet. And that's really the biggest problem that I see in the next few weeks because we're going to have a great deal more rain in most areas of the southeast. Which means, of course, that everything's trying at the same time to put its new growth up, that it's also trying to keep its roots from drowning. So it's one of those ironic things, isn't it? A root that needs water to grow can actually be killed by too much water. And, what, of course, what happens is that because of the roots work kind of like your fingers in the sense that they um, move in to the ground and pull up the water. But if there's so much water there that they're completely surrounded, inundated, and frankly washed out by it, they're in any place, there's nothing for them to move. There's no dynamic left. There's no pressure left. And the root just gives up to the water. And it decomposes, and that's called root rot. <laughs> so Now, root rot can happen simply from wet feet. It can also happen from the introduction of a fungus that is more likely to be there in wet conditions than in dry ones. That's when we get to a tree, usually, that we talk about root rot there. That's going to be an, an actual organism that sets up shop in those roots when they're damaged. So that's one of those things we have to be aware of, just have to be aware of. I hope that, uh, I hope that this is good. I hope that this is actually something that we, we want to know about. I, uh, the, the amount of research into bees, honeybees, native bees, bumblebees, you know, every kind of bee, is just impressive. 
when the history of the early 21st century is written, I think there will be two volumes about bees instead of one like there will be for everything else. But the bee research has t- is telling us things, some of which are conflictive, some of which are excellent to know, some of which are just absolutely, if I believe this, then I really do need to pay more attention. And if you believe this, you will be as, as frankly, militant as I am about reducing the use of pesticides in our gardens. All right. Queen Mary University of London. A new study from there tells us about the activities and behavior of bumblebees. They are, I had no idea, they are trendy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Indeed. They are also manipulable. That is, that one of them picks up on a trend. One of them um, watches. One of them does something. The others pay attention and mimic that behavior. Well, that that's actually called learning, all right? And even when a different version of that activity becomes a, a thing for them, there's a whole lot of them that are still going to do the original back action, but there will always be some bumblebees that follow the newest trend and go and try the new behavior, whether it's the time that they approach a flower, the, the side of the, the, the petals that they attract are attracted to, or the, the function of the nectar that's going on with them. All of those bits and pieces are the things that they're able to watch and learn from each other and do more effectively and more efficiently. <laughs> now... What did, how did they do this? Well, the importance of social learning in this case means that one bumblebee is going to take a while to unpuzzle this situation, the problem that they've given them. But once that one begins to pull the puzzle apart, so to speak, the others can pay attention, watch, and the whole activity goes a lot faster. So in other words, if they were trying to find, for example, in nature, where the next bunch of flowers were that they were going to get to, Oftentimes, pollinators will send out a, a scout, and in this case, everybody's going to follow the scout, and that's not always true in the case of some populations. So I thought it was really interesting. We uh, birds and, and humans, of course, are uh, we understand are capable of this kind of culture, where we learn stuff, pass it along. Uh, some people do it from watching. Some people do it from active engagement. But we understand that in humans. We had not really seen this in bumblebees before. But as a person myself, uh, this is not what the Queen's Mary, this is not what um, Queen Mary University says, is what I say. I have always felt like the, the insects were more likely than any other one of the creatures to be able to know what we're doing and really go after us. Recent research to tell us that mosquitoes know how to target me as opposed to you confirms that. And that's really, it's, it's good, but it's also very distressing. <laughs> Since why, why do they love me so much? Well, they just do. <laughs> you know? um, yes, fire ants are a problem, and, and each time it rains, of course, we end up with more of them. I am in favor of treating the perimeter, the area around it, and then treating the mound so that when they flee, they hit the next level. So usually what we end up doing is baiting the lawn or, or area around where the mound is and then treating the mound with a different product. Sometimes you can do it with the same thing. There's people that do. But I would prefer to bait the area so that they go out and when they flee the mound that has just been nuked, so to speak, quote in quotation marks, um, then they, they go out and, and pick up a bait immediately that is also dangerous for them. Or you can even put the ones out there that will kill them right then. So it, it's a two-step 
it, it, the Texas folks at Texas A&M have developed a thing called the Texas Two-Step for Fire Ant Control. So I encourage you to read that one. It's it's good. Uses spinosad, but it also can be used. That the approach can be used with other, perhaps more popular uh, products. If you if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be without fire ants this year. I think we're going to see lots of them. Perhaps not as many as some years, but I, I had two big mounds in my on my property when I first got there, and I didn't do anything the first year, so of course they turned into six. And then as I began to work on it and got them all down, now my my neighbors have not done anything so the fire ants are over there and i noticed this this week that one has popped up in my front flower bed but that's to be expected because they still live over yonder and they're going to try and come back but i have a surprise for them (laughs) they're not going to be able to do that you're going to pull the texas two-step fire ant control on them yeah well i've seen some pop up already too some nice size mounds so you're saying Treat the area around it like in a, mm-hmm. in a circle. And how far out would you Get go? a bait. Go as far out as you can afford the bait. Okay. And then douse down and nuke the yep. actual mound, and yep. that should stop the generally speaking, Generally speaking, they'll move to your neighbors. You don't, you're not actually – for anybody that's concerned about the genocide of fire ants, trust me, we're not able to kill them all. Now, I'll grant you that when they were – there, there were products which whose names will not be mentioned here that they used to give to you at the county agent's office and tell you to go put it on your property to kill the fire ants because they were such an invasive species and so shocking. Turned out those killed everything else too. Okay, those products were not good for just fire ants. So understandably, we've backed off on that, but it's, it has not reduced their their danger to small children and small pets and that sort of thing, or frankly to you if they climb up your arm. <laughs> She said, speaking from experience, (laughs) I was sick for two days. Anyway, um, not surprisingly, when you garden, you run into these things. So you have to – sometimes wearing the gloves doesn't help because they climb up in your shirt anyway. So that's why we want to keep an eye out for them. And, yes, treat the property and then treat the mound. People disagree, but that's what I do. And, and frankly, I have to live with them, so (laughs) I'm willing to do that. I'm happy to tell you that this week's edition of the Garden Mama, All Things Garden Mama News, has uh, been well received. Y'all are so nice to send me back feedback and stuff. If you're interested in participating, we are at the point in the year now where the, because um, I'm only going to renew the subscriptions in January. So if you start now, you get a slightly reduced price because you're not going to get a whole year's worth. You're welcome to send me the whole year's worth, but your you know, your subscription will re-up again in January anyway. S- send me a note, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I'll tell you all about that, and I'll tell you all about Patreon and everything, too. But the thing that got the most uh, attention, as I knew it would, is the air plant mobile. And my friend, Michael Seal, the Funny Farm, you've seen him at every garden event over the years. Um, the Funny Farm, Pop- Poplarville, Mississippi, they, he does a magnificent job of growing bromeliads, but he has begun to specialize in air plants. And those are, we've talked about that here before, that you can literally put them on a bookcase if there's just light in the room. They are almost entirely rootless. In fact, they, are, they don't need soil, and they are pretty much rootless. But they take in water and nutrients 
you spray them to do that, but they also take it in from the air around them because they're they're so built for that. And he has now got a friend, an artist who makes the rings, and then turnabout puts his air plants in there. Yes, with permanent glue, and they are beautiful. There there are five of these rings with plants in them. And they spin in the window when you know they when they feel like it when the air conditioner cuts on, for example, like it did the other day. Um, it's a it's a beautiful way to have air plants. I love things. I love glass pieces that hang in the window anyway. And I appreciate Michael. If you want to get in touch with him, you will also have to make an appointment. So get in touch with me, and I'll put you in touch with him. It's Michael Seal of Funny Farm in Poplarville. He is on Facebook, but not much. <laughs> so. Here's a presence there. You can write him a letter. So, Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Yes, indeed. Now, here's another common question because, Frank, quite frankly, it's a big, big issue. Asiatic jasmine doesn't look too good, particularly in the foot-deep ground covers around trees and out here by the parking lot here. Madden Jackson says it killed his thick bed of Asiatic jasmine. Should he mow it all down or just leave it and let it try to come back? There is some trying to come back. I have seen little patches of it, but yes, I would cut it down. I wouldn't dig it up, but I would cut it down. Probably even throw out a little fertilizer at this point and see if you can get it to come back. It probably will. I doubt seriously that the roots are are gone. They're pretty tough. (laughs) She said, knowing... Because, you know, I wanted mine to die. So I, my, the part coming over from my neighbor's yard, I've already cut it off once with the string trimmer. I'm trying to get it not to come back because it climbs up everything, takes over everywhere. And it didn't even on their place anymore. It's just co- anyway, it's one of those plants that travels kind of on its own. What do you want to talk about? What's your garden doing? You know, I, I, I'm reminded of the quote from Joan Rivers. She said, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, today is God's gift. That's why we call it the present. This is Weekend Gardening. once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? 
Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. it's time for a beauty refresh lucky for you Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty is happening now so treat yourself with up to 50% off bestsellers like Benefit Cosmetics and MAC Cosmetics and say hello to new product launches from Fenty Beauty by Rihanna Tarte Cosmetics and so many more that new you feeling is waiting at Ulta Beauty but hurry beauty's biggest event ends April 1st shop in store online or try curbside pickup today Ulta Beauty the possibilities are beautiful Pinnacle Motors, quality vehicles, affordable prices, and now edge sheds. 8x12 utilities to 16x40 cabins and garages available. Set to be wired, painted, and finished out if need be. Setup and delivery is free and financing is available. Your new go-to for edge sheds is Pinnacle Motors. Off Highway 471, the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Your next garage, utility, building, or cabin is at Pinnacle Motors. We'll see you soon. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Green. <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. I'd like to be under the sea In an octopus's garden in the shade He'd let us in, knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade Another good question in the Facebook group today, the Garden Mama Facebook group, that yes, you can you can send a request to, to join and you probably get admitted if you answer the questions. <laughs> People still don't answer the questions. Anyway, uh, and I have found that, that is the, 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 that's what Facebook says keeps most people out of their groups, which is why they have allowed other people to invite everybody on their contact list to join a group. No, we're a private group. Can't do that. But if we have, if you're recommended by somebody and you also answer the questions, we'll probably let you in. The problem, the reason that it's not wide open anymore is because 
not everyone is nice. <clears throat> we'll leave it at that. Don't need to give you any horror stories, but trust me, I don't need to stay awake at night worrying about that stuff. Uh, the good question about frozen plants, again, 23 degrees and my potato plants are down. What's going to happen? I don't know. I truly think that they'll be okay. I think that probably the top will be burned, but I imagine that the potatoes and the growth, I imagine the con- growth will continue and therefore the potato making will continue. So I'm going to hope for that. Okay. Paul asks about the crepe myrtle bark scale has taken out his young tree. He's Should he do anything to the soil before he plants something else? He's planning to put in a river birch. If you have room for a river birch, that's a nice choice, certainly. Um, there's There's not really anything... I will tell you that you certainly want to clean the area very well of any debris, leaves, mulch, all of that. Break all that out. Turn the soil well two or three times, but it's not necessary to treat the soil because the crepe myrtle bark scale is an invader. It's not something that comes in the in the system of the plant. Okay? Okay. All right. Let's see. Oh, okay. <laughs> Trey... <laughs> Yes, Trey, we are all green with pollen here, too. Goodness gracious. You know, I have, a, I have a black cat, and the black cat was green for a week, and now he's yellow from the oak tree pollen. He has respiratory issues anyway, and I try not to let him go outside, but he's 100 years old and could care less what I think. So it's, very, it's weird, though. It's one of those things where you just have to say, well, okay, then. <laughs> Come here, let me rub that. Let me, let me take the comb and get some more of this off of you. Anna in Oxford. Good morning. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Hi, how are you? Uh, this is Anna from Oxford. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, I, I've got a pittosporum, and it's been in oh, one place for uh, a lot of years. Okay. And it basically got frozen. Um, mm-hmm. I know we're in Zone 7, and it should, it should survive, but uh, what's the likelihood that it will? I think it's the shock. It's not the temperature itself. It's how fast it came on and then how fast it went back up that actually yeah. stresses plants like pittosporum. Um, I, have, I have pittosporums. I've taken their frozen tops opportunity <laughs> to go ahead and cut them because I hadn't pruned them in so long. And they're already beginning to grow kind of, you know, they, they put out two or three leaves and then this other freeze happened. So that actual new growth got bitten. But they don't look like they're going to suffer, and they'll just start over. I don't know if it's still got green under the bark, then it's it's going to come out. It's going to do all that it can possibly do to keep growing. But I have to tell you that it's it's really the up and down. It's the 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 shock that mm-hmm. I believe has has damaged some of these plants. Yeah, but the, the the I guess I shouldn't have even put it in this place because when it rains, it gets a lot of water mm. and. Isn't this more of a deserty type plant? Well, it's it it isn't exactly Mediterranean, but it's almost Mediterranean. In other words, it needs water, but it, it's not drought resistant by any means. But it certainly doesn't it doesn't tolerate being inundated very well. See that that's the problem here. Mm-hmm. I'm on the middle of a hill. I understand. And I get everybody else's water, and it goes through and <laughs> comes out the other end. And um, well, and as long as it's like not that. sitting there, the pittosporum is not going to be damaged by the water. It's just if it sits there. Well, it was next to a um, fig tree, and the fig tree did didn't like the extra water. Ah, so, well, that's a lot of water because uh, yeah. figs usually yeah, that like was water. a long time ago. <laughs> I lost the fig tree. <laughs> it's um, a, a lot of. The, oh, you did mention. That's what I want to ask you about. You mentioned um, 
the uh, red flowered uh, b- green bean. Oh, my, my, my mind is going oh, blank. Well, I, I was talking about the the short thing. You're talking about cardinal bean or one of those scarlet oh, scarlet runner bean, maybe? That's the one, yes. Okay. Um, uh, when should I plant those? Because it, it likes cool weather, doesn't it? it? Yes, it's about time now. Um, I'm, I'm, I was asked this week also, can, can I plant the three sisters right now? My answer was, hurry up with the corn. Come on with the beans. Wait a minute for the squash. You know? <laughs> so, the corn really and, and needs I, to be in soon. Yes. And I do recommend a, a bush bean called Contender. Love Contender. Good bean. Yeah, it, it's a great little bean, and uh, you can actually plant that when it's a little bit cold. Yes, That's Contender right. has a Contender yeah. really has a good reputation, and is one is among the recommended varieties in most of the southern states because of that. It has the ability to get planted and and not just rot. If if it turns a little chilly in spring, that's true. Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm still keeping my fingers crossed on everything that I've done. We lost half of our magnolia tree oh dear. Uh, in the wind last time, not this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope oh, the rest of it doesn't fall over. <laughs> yeah, well, it you know it's like you know seventy years old. I understand. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I fall it's, over it's, sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're just keeping our fingers crossed that uh, our little garden uh, will be um, uh, replenished and look better. You know, the thing about the thing about the earth and the soil and the plants is that if they can possibly resurge, they will be even better than we had expected. So that that's just that's just the joy of the rebound in the garden. Yeah. Well, my husband said to me, I think the boxwoods are dying. I said, no, they put on new leaves. Then we had a frost and the leaves. Yeah, they got crisp. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it'll happen, and and frankly, yeah. that's maybe it, it may be cause to prune them again, and it may not. You know what I mean? Sometimes they'll just put yeah. out another leaf and push that one off that brown. That's what I'm hoping my Laura Petalums will do. Oh well, we shall uh, see. I, I think I've given up on that one. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you, anyhow. Thank you, Anna. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> I don't know if I have any answer for that. Let's see. Probably not. Oh my goodness. Um, John in Madison wants to know which Oxford. She's from Oxford, Mississippi. Thank you, John. She's her, we do love her accent, though. Will olive trees come back? Have no idea. Depends on the, the, if the variety is a Zone 8 hardy variety, probably so. And it just really depends on which variety you have. The varieties are getting tougher and more able to take things than, you know, than they were before. But it's still a matter of... How, how leafy they were when they froze, and how much they can rebound from the shock. Yeah, it did get down to 24. Yazoo County even covered. They look burnt like this. Um, do they produce any fruit when this happens? You know, my berries look almost just like this on one of my plants. The berries are the berries have formed, have started to form, and I'm just waiting to see whether or not they can expand. The others were just being pollinated yesterday, so I know they're going to be all right. It won't be cold enough to bother them. And my very early variety already has fruit that that looks as if it's okay. But the middle varieties, the ones the mid-season varieties, are the ones I'm worried about at my house. I only have two of each, so it's not a big experiment. But the mid-season ones had already just formed their baby fruit like this, and I'm just holding on to see. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, but we won't know for a little bit. We won't know for a minute or ten or maybe two weeks, something like that. Oh, my goodness, so much to talk about, so much to do. No classic biological control study is, is 
um, as resurgent as this particular one I'm going to bring to you in the next hour. I'm going to talk about ouzo. I want to talk about thistles and shamrocks and your questions and your texts. Yeah, you know what? It's a tough day. Thoughts and prayers are good. Thanks to the first responders and many, many thanks to the folks that just got up and got after it today. This is Weekend Gardening. of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card. Plus more. Call 855-413-8769 TTY 711 or visit SharedHealthMS.com Hey Dr. Portrayal, Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new Exmar zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why Exmark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. Besides sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an Exmark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Having any electrical problems? Lavalley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. Lavalley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. Lavalley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at lavalleyservices.com. That's lavalleyservices.com. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. According to a study from the CDC, youth violence is a leading cause of death in the U.S. Rob Sigler, a longtime Mississippi editor and journalist, believes more programs made available to youth would help curb criminal activity. Many schools have, you know, uh, athletic activities, um, things of that nature, and I commend. There's a there's a ton of teachers and coaches and, and people like that who have the best interests of our children in mind. But there's not enough of them, and I think it's up to all of us to try to come up with that answer to determine what we can do to um, to help our youth. Sigler contends that gun violence committed by youth is a problem that plagues the entire state. An issue like this is just not something that affects a few folks. If it affects everything, it affects our economy, it affects tourism, it affects everything. Every aspect of our lives is affected by gun violence in particular and gun violence with our youth. We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. 
We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are Grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are Unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Text messages from scammers are on the rise, and Forest County Sheriff Charlie Sims is warning residents to be cautious. Many of the texts look like legitimate communication from a bank or from Amazon, but it's really scammers trying to steal your identity and money. Some of the messages will even encourage you to call and verify that it isn't your account. If you receive a text message from a bank that you don't use, delete it and block the number. An 18-year-old from Gaucher is working up a pretty impressive resume. Avia Nettles became a producer for two Hollywood companies by the age of 16. She recently graduated from Gaucher High and College at the same time. And according to WLOX, she's just finished her first feature film script. My Name is Tenning is a historical fiction piece about pirates. She's already in talks with major production companies and screenwriting managers and hopes to have at least three movies under her belt a decade from now. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Baseball action yesterday saw Mississippi State and Vanderbilt move a game up to avoid the storms. And Vanderbilt had two seven-run innings, five home runs, including two grand slams, and the Commodores footballed Mississippi State 26-3 in seven innings. Vanderbilt goes to 17-5, 4-0 in the conference. Mississippi State falls to 14-9 and 0-4 in the conference. They'll play game two today in Starville, 2 o'clock first pitch, 1.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network, and they'll play again game three on Sunday. Southern Miss won yesterday 4-3 over Georgia Southern. The Golden Eagles go to 13-8, 2-2 in the Sun Belt, and they will play two in Hattiesburg today, beginning at 1 o'clock. The Ole Miss Rebels didn't try to play last night. They'll play two today. Game one is scheduled for 1.31st pitch, 1 o'clock airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network today. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. We are the people, Mississippians. We are the land, growing food, fiber, and timber. We are there when you need us. From the roof over your head to the food on your table, we are small town, but big moments. Your next door neighbors. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Call toll free. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that. Wow. An alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Yeah, it's challenging. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. 
two Elite Eight games will be played in the NCAA tournament today. FAU will take on Kansas State. FAU knocked out Tennessee 62-55 back on Thursday. And Kansas State eliminated Michigan State 98-93. The other Elite Eight game to be played today will be UConn taking on Gonzaga. That will be tonight at 7.50. UConn eliminated Arkansas 88-65, while Gonzaga hit a last-second shot and eliminated UCLA 79-76. The winners of the two elite games today and the two elite games again tomorrow will decide who goes to the Final Four in Houston April 1st and the championship game on April 3rd. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. You know, every day is different from the one before. And every day, thankfully, is a day that we get to get up and say our prayers, and go into the morning. I'm going to start that today by telling you that, as many of you know, I have not been the happiest camper for the last mm, seven years, let's say. But when things turn around, they turn around. And I'm here to tell you that tomorrow it's better. And tomorrow it's better is how I've been holding on for a long time now to the point where now I, I used to, I've said my prayers at night every day of my life practically, every night of my life practically, but now I say them in the morning. You know why? Because I'm glad I get to wake up. And for all of us who are understanding the devastation that happened in our state and is continuing to happen across Alabama, happened in Texas before it got here, this is a long, big problem, one that we cannot fix. We have to learn to cope. I have a friend that says, you know, it's, it, everybody says, be patient, be patient. He says, you know, it's not patience unless it wears on your last nerve. And there's a lot to be said for that. So we do have to be patient, and it does hurt, and it, it is difficult not to want to just fix everything. We can't. We have to fix what we can fix. We have to be grateful to all those folks that are there to hold the hands of the folks that need some help and also to tell us what we need to do to help, Okay. That's that's the best. That's the way local response works. So, listen carefully and do what you're asked, and that's how we're going to get through the next piece of this. I don't um, I don't know about the extent of things. I, I have been I've been a speaker at the Rolling Fork Library in my career. Lovely, lovely place, and it remains to be seen what's there. So we, as they say, daylight tells you a lot, and at the same time. The devastation is pretty obvious. I appreciated so much um, energy coming to us, and that that doesn't close, of course, include thoughts and prayers and one thing and another. But there's a whole lot of trucks rolling too. So thanks to all of that. That being said, what do we do? We get up. We go back to the garden. We get up. We go back and plant something. We get up. We go back and see if something is growing or something isn't. 
And indeed, we take get great advice on this program, by the way, and it's not all mine by any means. Red in Lumberton, who's a longtime listener, says that if your potato freezes, you need to cut it off that right away because otherwise it'll sour the potatoes. And I, I'm, I take your word for it, sir. I've never had to deal with that, but I'm, I'm with you. I'll listen to Red on that all the time. Next question coming in on the wonderful ceasefire text line where you also can throw in questions, comments, and car- cartoons about pollen. Thank you, Trey. 601-879-4395. Of course, the Super Talk call line's always available to you when I'm here, 888 Are there any good ways to get rid of moles? That's with an M. Well, when you look out in your yard and the the runs are popped up in the morning and you can see that, you know you have moles. If you don't see that, but you see damage to tree root, I mean damage to like plant roots and maybe even tree roots if they're small trees, that's V-voles. They're under the mulch. They're small. They're little rodents. They run around underneath things. The V-voles are the bigger guys in that unfortunate family who will actually dig tunnels through your, your turf. What they're looking for are white grubs. And you know you have white grubs. For example, you, you, may, you may just go over and turn over a shovel full of soil and see them. But if you don't know what they don't, haven't ever looked for them and don't know if you have them, if you have a driveway or a sidewalk... Anywhere like that that stays warmer than the rest of your property, rest of that area around your house, say, if that area doesn't seem to grow grass quite as well right along the edge of the driveway or right along the edge of the sidewalk, it's not necessarily because somebody's been riding their bicycle over it. It could be white grubs because they're looking for that warmth. They're looking for a nice, happy place to raise their families. That's what you're trying to prevent because <laughs> they're the things that the moles are coming after. So... The way to approach this is, first of all, to determine that you have moles because they're looking for white grubs, and then you're going to treat. You can run the moles off by getting rid of the white grubs, and there's two processes here. You can go with the naturally occurring issue, which, of course, is, is milky spore. You put out a thing in the spring and another thing in the fall, and it really does help with the control of, of the the. I'm starting to say a curse word. Y'all pardon me. I don't like white grubs. But you may also find that there's a more effective fast treatment because you've got a bigger problem. And those chemicals can work more quickly, of course. The other thing to do, of course, is to do what your grandfather and my dad and probably a bunch of other people that you know have done. And that is to go out, stomp down the runs that you see. And the next morning when you see a new place pop up, take the garden hose, shove it in there, turn it on and go to work. Yes, that's what I'm saying. If you're going to flood them, they'll go to the neighbor. Now, on the other hand, if your neighbor has never has treated and you haven't, that might be why they're in your yard. So you might want to get into a better relationship with your neighbor so you can keep the moles out of both properties. But it, it, they're, they're an issue. They're a problem. I just went over to Brandon and, and had a, a trophy made up for one of my cats who's been on a tear. <laughs> and it said, Sunshine, Mouse Killer, 2023. <laughs> Put it right in front of his food bowl, and he's excited about that. I hope he doesn't get lazy, though, because the moles, they haven't come yeah, yet. Well, it's, but, it's, yeah. it's a good question. Yeah, you know, ready, it's a good question. I... Um, I have my cats are except for one that's in which is in the house and she's not been outdoors in her life yet that I know of. Um, the 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 older cats are actually at the point now where they just sit and stare. They're kind of amused when things are, you know, 
<laughs> but they don't do anything about it. They don't chase anything. Let's see. Um, frost wiped out my azalea blooms. When can I trim them back? You can do that now. There's a 30-day window after the flowers finish blooming to prune before you begin to lose flowers for next year. So go ahead and get that job done because, well, frankly, the time is a, time's a wasting in that case. I have... Uh, it wouldn't have bothered me at all if the azalea in the yard, the space between my yard and my neighbor's yard, had croaked. It didn't, but it has very few leaves on it and just a few flowers. So I'm taking this opportunity to cut it way, way back <laughs> in hopes that it can that it'll turn into something other than just kind of a spindly looking thing. Anyway, that's a, a that's a very personal. But if you see if my neighbors come out and yell at me, I'll tell you about it next week. I don't think they will. I have honestly never had Uzo. I've been where other people did, but I was the driver at the time. I've been where other people did. I was the bartender at the time, so I wasn't drinking. But I do like emulsions, and I like thing. I like to know about what makes them work. Sometimes it's as simple as you know a, a vinaigrette dressing, or sometimes it's a more complicated thing like something that you're trying to control some pests with or whatnot. But the Urzo effect is an example of an easy way to make highly stable emulsions, that is to say mixtures of things that don't really get along too well, like vinegar and oil. Okay, I think this is really interesting. If you add water to Urzo, it may be, maybe I don't like it because it smells like licorice, but it is a licorice flavor thing. If you, if it's, it's famous for getting tourists in Greece drunk, is my understanding. Then that's from my friends who are from Greece. So there, it's an easy way to make things happen, but nobody really understood why it worked. That This whole one white droplet, it turns cloudy, goes into instant emulsion. You put the one drop of water in it. Well, it is in fact, um, the effect happens because the anise extract is soluble in alcohol, but not in water. And that's true of some other, that's some, true of some other things. Um, exactly. Other anise flavored liquors, absinthe, and those those kind of odd things, which I've also never had any of. Any rate, they used to look at the preformed orzo droplets, and now they're looking at the whole thing. They found that what they could do was to actually make these droplets smaller and make the emulsion even tighter. So why do we care about this? Because it informs us. As the American Chemical Society is fond of telling us, we can learn one thing and it translates into another. It's not, they, they study this, but they want you to learn that. And that's part of what that this is all about. It's the way that we mix things. A little slower, a little fewer, smaller drops at the time is going to make the emulsion stronger, is what it teaches us. Pretty interesting stuff. And no, I'm probably not going to go get any Urzo and start drinking it. It's not likely. Have no problems with it. You enjoy it. But I have been the bartender, and I have also been the designated driver, and y'all are a mess. <laughs> Sometimes. Good grief. Now, when we talk about biological control of pests, we think, of course, first of slapping them or stepping on them or something, you know, physical like that. But we also have other kinds of biological controls that actually get into them and take them apart. Bacillus thuringiensis, you will under, you you know, is the caterpillar one. You have to, you you have to apply it 
early on, I just saw an article this week, uh, there are Depending on where you live in the southeast, there are three to five different kinds of stinging caterpillars that you may encounter. Those are not the ones to use the bacillus on, okay, because it's going to take about 10 days for the bacillus to, to take over and to parasitize them and therefore paralyze them and cause them not to be able to bite you, not to be able to sting you, rather. They don't bite you. They sting you. And that we need a faster action or, like so many other things, we need to remember that we had the problem last year and do something about it as the season approaches for it, which is now. So in this particular case, the latest information is telling us about ephosoma. It might be ephosoma. Um, it, it's a classical biological control against fall armyworms, but we've never actually used it before. I particularly wanted to tell you about this study because it's published in something I didn't know exists, the Journal of Economic Entomology. Well, now there's a field for you. That's a really, because it's true, you know, horticulture and, and entomology are so entwined, but they are both all about the bottom line and making the plant basically accede to our wishes. We are not naturalists, okay? Um, John Muir was a naturalist, went out and looked at things and observed them and commented on them and made projections and notes and suggestions. That's not a farmer. That's not a horticulturist. That's not an entomologist either, okay? We don't just observe. We actually go out and interact with these things and try and make them perform better for ourselves. So according to this, I had no idea in terms of U.S. dollars, the fall armyworms damage in Africa alone is almost $10 billion. Well, that would explain a lot, wouldn't it, about why they can't grow food there. So if it's possible to get these larval parasitoids in the native range or presented and placed in, and put in place, it could actually change that dramatically. They're looking at several different of the, the parasitics, but this is the one that has shown us the most results. The fall armyworm, of course, as we all know, um, is, is something that can unfortunately survives, travels easily, gets put up, pulled up into bales of hay or into anything else, ballast of ships and all that sort of thing, goes everywhere all the time. It's native to the tropical and subtropical areas of our hemisphere, but when it gets to somewhere like Africa, there's not much that eats it. So that's why it has very few pests, and, and the conditions are ideal for it to develop. Unfortunately, although the farm armyworms can eat more than 300 different species of plants, unfortunately for all of us, they actually favor corn, rice, and sorghum, which is what makes them such a devastating effect on our economics, on our food source, on the, the things that we're trying to do to make better situations, they come in and just devastate it. So knowing that we have a better biological control, of course, not only gives us the opportunity to do something about it, but also to do something about it without bringing on too many other problems. But anytime we get to a non-native pest, whether it's an insect or, or, or well, a wild boar, I mean, come on, <laughs> those guys are invasive. We don't have a way to control them, and we can only make so much salami, so we've got to keep after the problem. And that's the, and then that, this is the case with the fall armyworm. I'm glad to see that they have found some other paths to do something about it. I think that's very, very important. I did not know until I started being a gardener about all of the crazy things that we can grow. I've just learned that 
in my particular biome, raspberries are really, really good for me, which is fortunate because I really, really like raspberries and need a reason to pay that price for them because they're kind of steep sometimes. But I'm going to plant some raspberries. I said, there, I've said it. They don't grow that great in Zone 8, but I'm going to grow some anyway. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. But the point is, if you want to grow blackberries, obviously blueberries, now's the time. You can plant them. You're, you're going to see a year of growth, and then next year at this time they'll begin blooming, and you'll be able to have lots and lots of fruit. But it's a really, really good time to do that because you want them. We're, at, we're right at the margin of the time frame when we can give things an opportunity to put out their roots and then start their top growth. And in this case, that's exactly what we want them to do. If you are growing dewberries or blackberries, thornless or thorny, whichever you, you choose, go ahead, get the extra one, pick, plan on two bushes per person. Because let's face it, when the fruit's there, you're going to eat half of it before it gets in the house anyway. One bush might produce enough for, for you and, and your household, but it's not going to be enough. So work it as you would, but you don't want to think of these as blueberry kin too much. They actually do not need the acid soil that our blueberries need. So put them over on the other side where you can work in a little lime, or maybe you'll just start watering them regularly with an eggshell drench or something that has a little extra in it to, to change that pH a little bit. It, it's worthwhile doing, and it's something that you'll be very, very glad that you did do. Absolutely. I have uh, got, oh, I forgot to say this in the other hour, so I'm going to say it now. Mark your calendars, April the 15th, Greenwood, okay? I've got recommendations for restaurants for the night before. I've got uh, a couple of other people that have said they're going to come up and, and see me, and, and we'll talk about whatever's going on up there that day and talk about your garden and my garden. But April 15th is the date for this particular event. Rain or shine, I'm very happy to say. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of news here. Call me. Send me a text. Let's talk about gardening. Let's talk about what you're doing or what you're not doing or whether or not it's going to rain. How about that? This is Weekend Gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. 
For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. This is Joe Rooks. Create your own Skag Zero Turn More Package and save big at Revel Ace Hardware and Revel Outdoor Power. Pick your Skag more, pick your trailer for as low as $117 a month. And for just $10 a month more, you can add a steel, trimmer, blower, and chainsaw, plus 0% interest. Skag is rated the number one brand in America among independent dealers. And Revel Outdoor Power is Mississippi's largest Skag dealer. Learn more at reveloutdoor.com and Facebook. Revel and Skag, brands you can trust. He shoots! He scores! If you think basketball is mayhem, then you're going to think the deals and selection we have at Mazda of Jackson are insane! Right now, we're saving you thousands of dollars in finance charges by giving you 0% financing on a great selection of Mazdas. That's right. Get 0% financing on new 2023 Mazda CX-9s. And get 0% financing on new 2023 Mazda CX-5s. Plus, when you buy a new Mazda from Mazda of Jackson, we'll take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. That's what I call a slam dunk. MazdaofJackson.com. Buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250000 mile warranty. We'll buy your current vehicle at top dollar, even if you don't buy a new one from us. At Mazda of Jackson, credit issues are a thing of the past because our credit specialist's number one goal is to get you approved. So get here today to grab your deal, because it's complete mayhem, and it won't last long. Three, two, one. At Mazda Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. With Procredo like Model, see deal for details. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be Yes, indeed. And for those of you who are, even as we speak, driving towards downtown Jackson for the huge parade this afternoon, hey, y'all, be careful. Welcome to the city. Don't speed. <laughs> There's a lot of people walking today. Be very careful. But 
I got to tell you, it's going to be a great one. There's a, I have a lot of dear friends that are, as we speak, getting ready for the pet parade. And some of those pets are pretty decked out. I don't think mine would, it would appreciate the situation, but a lot of dogs and cats both like to kind of dress up. Not to mention the guinea pigs and hamsters. So anyway, y'all have fun, and I will turn the stream on later on just to see, you know, it, it is just going to stream. I want to see some of my friends dancing. It's always fun to watch friends dance. At any rate, here on Weekend Gardening, we celebrate native plants all the time. And today I am celebrating the leaves on Buckeye. Now, I celebrate the flowers all the time. In my case, big, beautiful red ones also have a white Buckeye, the other lesser variety, that lesser species, rather, people don't know too much about. But the red one is the one that is we consider it the most popular. And, of course, it makes the Buckeyes. The reason the Buckeyes have a, a place that your thumb fits in, in that seed pod, of course, which we carry about like a worry stone, you know, not like they carry worry stones in other cultures. We carry buckeyes in our pockets so that you can reduce your stress by rubbing on that. The reason it forms that way is because those beautiful buckeyes are all pressed together in a pod and they sit next to one another in, a, in, a, in the arrangement makes each one of them poke into the one next to it. So in the same way that the flowers stack up, the buckeyes also stack up when they form inside of each pod. So it's very cool to have that have that tree. This week though, I am really appreciating the leaves. The leaves on buckeyes are beautiful. The the young trees or the, the, the old trees leafing out if they if they happen to have lost some leaves and some do. I I have to tell you I'm I really think they're beautiful. They have every different shade of green that you can imagine from kind of coppery tones to really very very green tones to almost gold in the brand new growth. And they when they unfurl, they're they have a beautiful pattern to them that really does look like it's been embossed onto them. I I love buckeye leaves for that. They're very very pretty. It's also true that they compost very well. So <laughs> that's good. That, that's another reason for me to like a tree's leaves. I, I, pr- I prefer that, in fact. Jackie and Brandon says, what have you said about azaleas after the freeze? Well, she planted little ones and th- last year, and they did not bloom. So she wants to know whether or not to cut them back or let them keep growing. I, I would, if there were buds that formed and froze, little flower buds, I would trim that off. But if it's a small plant that you just put in last year and it got zipped, you know, the top of it just got burned a little bit, do prune that off. But I wouldn't do any heavy pruning on something that's that new and that small. I just want to get off the part that's dead so that it can begin growing again. Ah, yes. Zone 8. Welcome to my world. My large bay tree is all brown. Should I leave it alone? Or cut it back. I make a different decision about that every day. I cut mine back to about half of its height in hopes of pushing out some growth from the bottom. I did that a couple of weeks ago before this other freeze. The other freeze doesn't seem to have bothered it, and it does have a little bit of new growth coming from the bottom. It looks to me like it's going to be a start-all-over-again process, and I hope yours is better off than mine. (laughs) That's what I can say. I would prune each of the branches and see what's under there. If it's green under the stem, you know, green under the bark, I mean, if the stem is still green, then just take off some of that weight so that it doesn't have as much to try to relief and let it try to relief. 
Uh, that's what I've done. And so far, I, see, I do see a little bit of growth. Um, I, don't, I don't know how well it's going to do, but I do see a little bit of growth. This may be a case where I'm looking for a new one to add to the pot. Now, you know, it's hard, it's hard to root those things. They're not cheap because they're expensive to root. It takes a long time. In other words, the, the longer a plant has to spend in a propagation chamber or in a, a space where in, um, in the nursery so that they can be grown enough to sell, the more expensive they are. And unfortunately, our, our, our bays do, do take some time. Figs as well, yes. Um, the, the, if the fig tree is still alive, just scratch that bark. See if it's still alive. Take off the part that's that is obviously browned up because it can't regreen. But don't prune too heavily because you're probably going to see regrowth. I did the same thing to my hydrangeas this week. <laughs> Whew. They were in the braces part of the description where they had begun to put some green out. And then the freeze happened again. So that all froze. And the part underneath it is green, so I took off the part that's obviously frozen, but not down below into the, the the. So they look kind of funny, is what I'm trying to say. They have good growth coming up from the bottom, and there's a few stems that have some growth on them. But I may or may not be able to keep those. It may all. It may end up being that everything has to rejuvenate. I don't know yet, and we aren't going to know. This is when I really wish I had a magic eight ball, and I could tell you. <laughs> Corinne wants to know, did I order the raspberries? I, I have not. Um, I, I have a friend who grows them in Louisiana, and I have another friend that grows them in Arkansas, where a lot of them are actually very popular. So I've been, I sent out a note to them last week and said, okay, what should I do? And one said, order them online. The other said, come here and get them. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> But I'll let you know. Yes, Mary Washington, asparagus is good here. Um, yes. And and the main thing about growing asparagus really is that you have to have such a deep soil. So you may find that it's best to dig into your soil at least a shovel's depth or a little bit more, but you may want to build up something with the sides as well so that you end up with about 18 inches of root zone that you know you can control and won't stay too wet for the asparagus. It's a very good publication at msucares.com, the, the Mississippi State University Cooperative Extension site. That's a, They do a really, really good job of explaining why we have so much trouble, but why it's also so very popular and how we can, in fact, grow asparagus right here. One of my favorite things. I've, I've, I've said before that I think sometimes we fall in love with the vegetables or with any kind of food thing, but particularly vegetables that we never saw before. I think one reason why everybody loves blueberries and why they have now become the, the state fruit here in Mississippi is because, frankly, we didn't have them forever. <laughs> I didn't see a fresh blueberry until I was about 18 years old, maybe older. But we always had the blueberry muffin mix, so you knew you wanted some. You, know, you knew you liked them, but you just didn't know where to get them. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Larry from McGee says his family loves black cherries. Can we grow them here? They're hard to grow here. What you can grow, however, is the native cherry, which is a little bitty cherry, which has a very similar, very dark flavor. They are usually, however, used for, um, whereas you would take if you grew a, a black cherry tree in Oregon, for example, you would go out and pick the cherries and eat them. 
getting rid of the pits, of course. You wouldn't eat the pits. But here, ours are going to be little tiny, and they are mostly pits, so you're going to end up pressing or cooking or straining. But they, are, they have a very similar dark flavor. So I would advise getting a native cherry tree instead. And I, I like that. I, there's a thing that they do in South Louisiana where they take those cherries and put them into a barrel of whiskey and make a thing called Cherry Bounce. And it will bounce you across the room if you're not careful. But it, it, it also makes a really, really delicious, better than cream de menthe syrup to put on ice cream. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a wonderful, somebody out there has grown this and knows these things. It's just funny how we, what we pick up on. Oh, um, honey, I shrunk the kids. Y'all know all that. Well, this was honey, I 3D printed dessert. Yeah, that's right. The Columbia University School of Engineering and Applied Science says, well, we can do everything else. You know, why can't we do this? So I'm not really willing to go along with the notion that when my gas stove needs to be replaced, I'm going to actually have a 3D printer. That would be kind of like having a replicator, you know, on the Starship. I can't see it yet, but they're telling me that it can happen. For example, will you want to use it is the bigger question, not whether or not they can make it. I don't know. Do I want 3D printed coffee? I'm not sure. I, they're, they're asking me these questions, but I have no answers. What they are doing is trying to figure this out. It's going to be a 10-year project, and it's the Creative Machines Lab. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if one of your children or your grandchildren or your nephew says to you, I think I'm going to go work at the Creative Machines Lab. Encourage them. Tell them this is a great job if you can get it, because it will be a postdoctoral process to try and figure out what all we can do, where the, where the horizons and how far can we expand 3D printing. I really do like that. <laughs> um, they've existed in food. They've existed doing this, but pretty much what they've been able to do is produce components or ingredients but they have not actually you know they don't they don't say uh, chicken cacciatore you know and have a plate push out of the printer yet but what they're working on they, they're I, I just this is so funny for me to even tell you because I think it's so hilarious but I want it to work and it's working so we need to know about it the researchers designed a 3d printing system that makes cheesecake mm-hmm that's right, from Edible Food Inks. Now, if you think about it, we've been doing that with the cake that you print the picture on the top of, and it comes out in sugar. You know, we've been doing this for quite some time. But in this case, the cheesecake has peanut butter, Nutella, and strawberry jam. I want to know how Nutella got their name in here. should just be hazelnut spread. But anyway, fun stuff. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'll go to the taste testing, though. I'm, I'm game. I'll, I'll be there. Y'all call me. That would be something to explain to everybody. Where are you going? Well, I'm going to go test some 3D printed cheesecake. You're what? Mm -hmm. These are words you didn't think would come together. Let's see. Can we grow any citrus here? Depends on where you are. This is a 601 um, area code, um, which you didn't happen to tell me the town or anything like that that you're in. But, yes, um, you probably need to grow it in a container unless you live south of Hattiesburg. If you're south of Hattiesburg, Satsumas and uh, some of the lemons and, some of the, and certainly kumquats are hardy. 
but I grow a lemon tree and a kumquat and a and a lime in containers. And right now they are all in full new leaf in my living room. <laughs> so can't have anybody over right now. There's nowhere to go. But there's there, there it is a problem. I have to bring them in. I do, however, love them so much that they're worth building a greenhouse for. So there. I'm not going to, but they're worth it. They're absolutely worth it. My, uh, my, my One of my favorite things in the world is thistles. And I know people out there who, who have, you know, cow pastures and stuff are just flinching when I say that. You know who you are. However, if you can leave a few thistles, it's the same thing as if you can leave a few of our shamrock, quote-unquote, plants, our clover plants, quote-unquote, that are actually wood sorrel that have a little pink tiny flower on them, little bitty things, or maybe a yellow flower in some cases in, in different plant, but the same family. These are things that are early pollinator favorites. And in fact, the, the migrating birds will eat the thistle seeds. Okay, so there's a reason to leave some of them. That's not to say that they belong in a farm field because they're they're invasive and they create a terrible problem. You can't tractor over them, you can't cultivate around them, you know, but if you have some at the edge of things, if you have a different place that you can leave some, please do because not only are they a, a powerful wildlife and pollinator plant, they're really beautiful. There's there's not a prettier purple flower in in bloom right now and i know that for people that hate them that's hard to hear but i promise if you can leave one or two you'll be glad you did and the then the environment will be happy around you because you'll have lots more pollinators um that being said i understand if you have to get rid of them and i also understand if like my friend who lives in a small town that i shall not name she likes them and leaves them next to her ditch, and her neighbor comes over and mows them down because he has cows. <laughs> so they have a bit of an argument going on. <laughs> Think about it. He told her he was going to do it. It wasn't a surprise. She just didn't like it. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Y'all know who um, Val Shermakovsky is? He's a professional dancer and a Ukraine native American guy now. He's born today. My dad had two college degrees but came here and was boxing pizzas. He was willing to pay his dues for the opportunity to live here and breathe this air. I've never felt like this country owed me anything. If anything, I am forever in debt to this country. And that, my friends, is the United States of America. once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi's own Hardy. 
listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. We just Another fun way to win from Super Talk Mississippi. In 1920, John Albritton Sr. opened Albritton's Jewelry in downtown Jackson. With an expertise in watchmaking from his time with the Illinois Central Railroad, John not only sold but serviced pocket and dress watches for his fellow Mississippians. Albritton's has maintained that tradition to this day, with two full-time watchmakers on staff that are capable of repairing all major watch brands. Albritton's also offers a vast collection of fine watches built to fit any lifestyle. From dress styles in gold and stainless steel to sporty selections in carbon fiber, Albritton's has the watch for you. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen Albritton's as their fine watch store. Quality and value go hand in hand at Albritton's, Albritton's Jewelers. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new Exmark zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why Exmark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an Exmark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Mayhem, then you're going to think the deals and selection we have at Mazda of Jackson are insane. Right now, we're saving you thousands of dollars in finance charges by giving you 0% financing on a great selection of Mazdas. That's right. Get 0% financing on new 2023 Mazda CX-9s. And get 0% financing on new 2023 Mazda CX-5s. Plus, when you buy a new Mazda from Mazda of Jackson, we'll take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. That's what I call a slam dunk. Mazdaofjackson.com. Buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty. We'll buy your current vehicle at top dollar, even if you don't buy a new one from us. At Mazda of Jackson, credit issues are a thing of the past because our credit specialist's number one goal is to get you approved. So get here today to grab your deal because it's complete mayhem and it won't last long. Three, two, one. At Mazda of Jackson, where nobody wants to wait because everybody saves. Our state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. With proof credit, like model, see deal for details. Having any electrical problems? Lavalley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. Lavalley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. Lavalley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at lavalleyservices.com. That's lavalleyservices.com. Thank you so much for spending the morning here with me and Lance and Weekend Gardening. 
Daniel's on the phone and Lena, let's see what's going on. I think I know how to answer this one. What's up, Daniel? Hey, Garden Mama, how you doing? Doing great, thank you. Great. Uh, I planted some pear trees about four or five years ago, and they've never really produced anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine not too long ago, and he said you had to plant an apple tree to go with them. I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. Now, if that well, would make you go out and take, if that would make you go out and take better care of the pear trees, maybe so. <laughs> but it may mean that you need more trees. Sometimes people find that if they have more of something, they do take care of them. But apples and pears don't cross or pollinate or anything. They just they do all attract pollinators, and that's what we're hoping for. Do your trees bloom? Do your uh, trees bloom? No. Okay. Have you ever pruned them? Yes. Okay. I, do, do you fertilize them? I did not prune them enough. Do you fertilize them? Well, they're right next to my garden, and uh, and the actual runoff on my garden goes toward the pear trees. So that would be no. Okay. Um, do you, well, I mean, you're not, if you're not giving them particular food, then whatever grass or weeds around them might be getting some help from what runs off the garden, but they're not getting much. So there, there's, a, there, there's a process for growing pears, and I encourage you that if they're in full sun and they are growing but not blooming, the issue is that you need to prune in January, and then you need to make sure that you're fertilizing them, which you can still do this year. Okay, you can still fertilize right now. But what happens okay. with pears is just, it, and it, is, it does happen with apples too, there are a lot of very, very predictable pests, more for apples than for pears. But what we're trying to do is get them to bloom and get pollinated and put on fruit so that they can make it and we can encourage them by dealing with the insects and, and diseases that are naturally going to happen to them. So I would suggest fertilizing this year, getting them to grow a whole bunch, pruning next January. And if you have a dry week, you know, you really do need to water them. I'm sure you water your vegetable garden, so just add a little you know, water water a little longer, let more of it run over there or whatever so they get some water in the summertime when it's hot. But mainly what you need to do now is fertilize them and help them grow on through this year so next year you can prune them and get them into production. I don't think, as long as they, they haven't died, so I think you're way ahead. Okay? Okay. The fertilizer, would that be a high nitrogen no, it's going to be a fruit tree food. It's going to have nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and all of the other trace elements in it, but it won't be any higher in nitrogen. It's probably a little okay. lower than you would use on your, your vegetables, usually. Okay. Okay? Right, Thank you, sir. You. Holler at me later. Let me know how it's going. I love Lena. What a nice place. Oh, my goodness. Sweet, sweet place. I, I didn't know this, y'all. There's so many things I don't know. Good grief. Did you know that there are 400 unique receptors involved in smell? How, in the, how do we lose our sense of smell? How do we lose all of that? Well, we do. There are, here's another one, hundreds of thousands of scents <laughs> that we didn't know that we could perceive. But each one is perceived by a different combination of those receptors. So in other words, trying to understand how we how olfactory works is has always been an issue. UCF uh, UC San Francisco, I should say, has created the first molecular level 3D picture of how the odor molecule that comes in activates the human odor receptor. 
So now that we know that, we may be able to learn how it works well enough. These odorant receptors, of course, are the proteins that bind the, the molecules on the surface of the olfactory cell. That's what actually lets us smell. Okay? And I think that that's, I think it's just really interesting. Really interesting stuff. Um, that's really pretty, pretty. Thank you for showing me your tulips, Andrea. That's beautiful. That's really nifty. Anyway, odorant receptors are something you're going to hear an awful lot more about, but I love the image that trying to understand what something smells like, trying to identify something that we smell, takes a whole bunch of different receptors. Apparently, some things hit you once and some things hit you twice kind of deal, and it's like a lot like learning to play chords on a piano, apparently. Because if you only hit the C, then you're only going to get the C, but you won't get the smell unless you also have the E and G or whatever the three are that you're putting into that particular chord. Um, I realized this week, this is completely off. I didn't have, the, you know, I do program this plant, this this show for to the point where I think I know what I'm going to talk about. I didn't realize, I had always heard the blues described as um, three chords and a heartache. And, and I just heard somebody describe country music this week as three chords and a story. Well, then that makes rock and roll three chords in a dance i mean it is really all uh, there's a lot more than three chords but when we talk about the universality of something we are looking for that what holds us all together why do we like this and not that um well maybe i'm just a three chord person i don't know maybe you are too (laughs) there's something about that something to be said something to be said John, that is very good news. I will talk to you about that later on in our our text world. That is great, great news. We will announce it here when you tell me I can. Did you know that there are thousands of native plants that are unphotographed? Think how many pictures there are of crepe myrtles and yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and camellias and things that are not native. Well, apparently the whole rest of the world also takes their own native plants for granted because now the university of new south wales is working in australia they're going to come they're going to go around the world but they're starting because that's where they are new south wales they're going to start in australia to help us understand the incredible diversity and it's going to take citizen scientists okay so if you're in australia or if you're going to australia or if you have a friend there Make them aware of this project. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Senior research scientists at, this is so great, excuse me, the Australian Institute of Botanical Science based at the National Herbarium of New South Wales. You can't put that on a business card. But, of course, getting those examples to the collection is what makes them part of the cohesive document going forward that tells us what they are. And we are going to use citizen scientists to fill in that gap. It's so important. Good heavens, that's just, that's really wonderful. It also gives everybody something else to to do, you know, another, just like birders are not just birding, they're out there researching and and accumulating and documenting. Well, now we're going to do that too. Well, Jeff in Forest County wants to know if his rosemary can die of old age. Yes, but unless it was 20 years old, the chances are really good that it literally succumbed to the fast switch that 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 things were rolling along and all of a sudden it got too cold and then it warmed back up too much and then it stayed too wet i mean it's too many changes one after another after another <clears throat> excuse me on the rose on the rosemary we've seen lots of that if you look if you go look at an herb rack in any store right now the rosemaries are gone basils are gone cuz everybody's buying basil 
But in terms of what they're replacing, it's pretty much the rosemary. Pretty much. I'm excited about this, too, y'all. There's um, a really good opportunity coming to us to understand more about the ways that plants and climate change are adapting to each other. And that by that, I mean the way that the flowers are changing their time, the way that the plants are changing their activity. And yes, the way that the creatures that interact with them are changing, too. i got a lot to bring to you next week, and I really do look forward to it, because guess what? It'll be April. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> March went quick, didn't it? Not quick enough for a lot of us, though. Yes, we do send thoughts and prayers. We send great love. We also send a promise to bring anything to you that you need. The tornado has taken a lot of our heart, and we'll hold it. Let's all make it right. Use your kindness. Use your goodness. Be a friend. And come back next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card. Plus more Call 855-413-8769, TTY 711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Paid actor portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMOD SNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. Since 1871, everything you need from hardware feed and seed is at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. The spring open house is upon us Saturday, April the 1st from 7 to 2 p.m. Great live music with blues legend Jesse Robinson along with food, beverages, and great deals. Buy one, get one free garden plants, gin trash, just $7 a bucket, and much, much more. Your building supply headquarters is also your spring supply headquarters. Since 1871, everything you need from hardware feed and seed is Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.